Well, I've got a couple more minutes with Sandy Harding. She was generous enough to give me a couple more minutes because I've got more questions for you, Sandy. I got the hard questions for you now. This is this bonus episode. This is the tough stuff. So first of all, one of the things from the movie that absolutely blew my mind was that you guys, against all reason and all logic, and I've used that beginning of a sentence for almost everything that I've asked from you, but against all reason and all logic, you guys are still using the original blockbuster computer system to find your movies and all that stuff. On you know, on one hand, I love your dedication to authenticity. On the other hand, why in God's name would you do this to yourself? Because it's hard to find computer parts. You you got a stockpile, you got a computer graveyard in the back for computer parts. You've been hoarding them from other people. Um, what is going on here? Tell me the story and your decision not to upgrade into the 21st century. Well, to be quite honest with you, it was 100% financial. So when Blockbuster closed, um, we saw five stores. And to incorporate and change all five stores into a new computer system at the time, with the unknown of what was going to happen with the stores, just didn't seem realistic. You know, the, the systems were working fine. Um, Dave Carrera, who worked for the corporate blockbuster, um, chose to stay on after the corporate stores closed to help us out with them. And so he's my backup guy. He told me he's going to go down with the ship. So I've got him as long as I'm going to be open. And I can reach out anytime he's in, in Fort Worth so I can call him up. Now, I want to make a point there really quickly, just, just so people – just so that sinks in. He is an original IT guy from the corporate blockbuster who you now have basically on speed dial to fix these computers from the, the 90s. Yep. And it's great because not only do I have that, but he also still is in contact with a lot of the old corporate blockbuster employees. So when I have other issues or comments, he can reach out and find – sometimes find me an answer, which is great that I have that contact. and. And Dave is a great guy, and I enjoy his company and, and getting to know him and his family and, and working with him all these years. Back to your original question, though, it was all 100% financial. We we just really didn't know what the state of the stores were going to be, and to, to put that much money into it with the unknown was just unreasonable. So that's how it started, and now, it you know, and that's pretty much how it's been the whole time. It's like, well, at what point do we upgrade and incur that cost? And then things got more and more challenging, and it just seemed like it wasn't worth doing that and, and sinking the money into that when we needed to sink the money into other things. And so that's kind of how it happened. And now it's the whole nostalgia thing that everybody comes in and they're so in awe over it. I'm like, well, now we can't change it because people want to know what a floppy disk is. Like. <laughs> these, these kids come in and they have no idea what a floppy right. disk is. So, um, but anyway, it, it's definitely a conversation piece. I mean, I, I, I got to be honest. I love it. I mean, I wouldn't want to work on it. But in some ways, what is making you guys <laughs> unique is that authentic experience, the experience of walking in. And, you know, I, I, and sometimes when I was watching the documentary, I didn't know what year it was in Bend, Oregon or in your Blockbuster store. I mean, I, I was curious because <laughs> – I mean, this is stuff from the 90s, and it is a genuine – you guys are a living museum to Blockbuster. I mean, basically to a, a bygone era. I mean, literally the act of going into a video store. Uh, I mean, besides, as we mentioned, the niche markets, this is all but gone in America. And you guys have made it that much more authentic, and, and I love that. And let me just – let me just – you know, not to put too fine a point on it. You mentioned floppy drives. 
you're, you're a dot matrix printer. Uh, I don't know if you guys still have that, but I know you had it at one point very recently. These are 30-year-old computers that you have, you know, when other stores closed, you would take their old computers because these pieces aren't made anymore. Uh, they're IBM computers. Um, and I think you, there's even one story I was reading about a time where you had a CPU failure and you had to find someone in the Bend, Oregon community who was, I think he worked at IBM or something. And he was trying to find. Actually, his dad did. Tell me that story. That's a great story. Yeah. So Will um, is actually somebody that I know here in Bend, and he's actually at HP Tech. And so when the CPU was failing, and Dave and I were like, "Crap, we're going to have to replace this." And Dave's like, "I'm in Texas. You got to. We're going to have to find somebody that's there that's going to be able to help you." And he goes, "I can talk you through it." And I'm like, "Oh, that is definitely outside of what I can do with these computers." Anyway, I was talking to my friend Will, and I was like you know, do you know anybody? Would you be willing to take this on? He goes, you know what? My dad used to work for IBM. So he came in super early in the morning. We were probably there at five or 6 a.m. And we're changing out that CPU with Dave on the phone and with Will's dad on the phone. (laughs) He was calling his dad going, okay, how do we do this? And so it was just such a funny little group effort to get our (laughs) CPU changed. And and it worked. I mean, we got it done and it worked out. And, and, uh, you know, IBM actually reached out to me because someone had watched the documentary that that works for IBM and they were absolutely dumbfounded that we were still using those two. Yeah. And so they reached out and we did a funny little uh, uh, April Fool's Day uh, thing with them with the Blockbuster and IBM computers. And when they were here, they're like, you know what, we still have some of those guys working <laughs> for us. So if you really get in a pinch, you give me a yeah. call and I'm sure we can figure out something. So, I mean, it's, it's so sweet that it's, everybody's kind of like rooting for us and pulling together and doing what can we do to help you guys. So it's really great. That, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, you almost have to find like computer science historians to say like, oh, I remember those computers. Yeah, and you have to like go through like these old dusty books to figure out how you connect the CPU to the cooling unit. To, I mean, that, I, I love that story. I mean, and it's really, you know, that encapsulates the hands-on you know, the very hands-on approach you take to the store, because one of the other things I thought was really interesting, well, two things. Actually, uh, let, let me stick on technology for one second, because the other thing that I read that was really interesting is that you guys have a sound, the original sound system that can only be wired to VHS and DVD, and when Blu-rays came in, you had a big problem with that. So is that still the case, and do you still have to use tube TVs? I mean, <laughs> no, how far we, back are we going here? So here's, I mean, it has to have the AC adapter, right, yeah, yeah. But not the AC adapter. What is the one, the red, the red, yeah, yellow, and white yeah, com- cord? Component. I mean, that's the only way that can plug, yeah, you cannot plug in an HDMI cord to that system. <laughs> and so that was that was a challenge. And you know what was funny is Ken actually in his garage had an old Blu-ray player that was the original one when they first came out and they still had those ports. Oh, wow. And so we brought that in and then my mom and dad had one as well. And so when my parents, my dad was like, we still have one of those. So now I have a backup in the office that my parents donated to us too. Um, but yeah, you, you have to have that. And it's definitely the old system. And, and again, we've talked a lot upgrading it. But I think part of it too is that Ken and I are, are old school and we can still work on those things. So when I have a speaker go out, Ken can come out, come down to the store and get up there and fix the speaker. And, 
you know, we know how to work on these old systems. So it works out. Yeah. I mean, you can't get rid of it now. I mean, now you got to go, I mean, you have to double yeah. down on, on the nineties, 2000 authenticity. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, you, you have to, uh, but you know, it's mentioning the, the, the personal approach. The other thing that I thought was crazy is that, you know, we mentioned the rev share thing in the, in the main podcast where, you know, you, people would get, you know, the movie stores would get movies from the studios directly cost 75 to hundred bucks, whatever. But those days are long gone because video stores are long gone, except for you guys. So you have to do a couple different things here and you can correct me on the details, but you have to go out to actual stores and purchase DVDs, bring them to the store for rental. And you have to personally stock all of the, you know, all the treats and goodies that you know, Blockbuster is known for, the popcorn, all that stuff. Uh, I mean, how, when did that come about and how intensive is that, uh, is that process? Well, there was a time when it was very intensive because um, when Blockbuster closed, we did still have one vendor that we did rev share, but it was not, I mean, it was like Lionsgate and a little bit and Sony and Universal, but not very much Fox and not very much Warner. And so there was definitely, and Disney is absolutely no. So, I mean, there were, and those are the big titles that are coming out. I mean, everybody knows Disney is one of the biggest ones right now with all the Marvel movies and all that stuff. And so we, we were, we were running around buying all of that stuff locally and we still do have to buy those studios locally. Um, and then during the pandemic, um, the last holdout rev share program that we had, that company couldn't survive. And so in the midst of the pandemic last year, um, they reached out and said, you know, April's it. We're not going to be able to supply you with movies after April 30th. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Wow. <laughs> like, so not only, you know, I was already buying, you know, more than half of our movies every week um, for rental and for sell through and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, every movie you come in and purchase, I also go out and buy at Walmart or wherever here locally and put it on the shelf. But I was like, now we're doing a hundred percent of all of it. So fortunately in the midst of all that, there was not just me. I mean, that it affected all of us because they were, I think one of the last companies that sold off of RevShare. So when that happened, I had movie stores from all over the country calling. And I had, I remember talking to somebody from, Quebec who had called and at the time Quebec was still locked down and you couldn't go in and out. I mean, it was completely locked down and he was like, you know, we're still open. We're still doing great. He goes, what are you going to do to source movies? And I'm like, well, I'm going to have to go to Best Buy and Target. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah. those places aren't open anymore. And I was like, what? And he's like, I don't have those options. And I'm like, holy cow. So we actually did have someone else who stepped up and was able to supply us with movies, but they're not rev share. So gone are the days that I could get, you know, 60 copies of a movie on the shelf. Now I'm, I'm happy if I can get 24 because now I'm having to pay wholesale oh, prices right, for them. Right, right. And so sometimes I can get them from the company that I do now. And sometimes it's cheaper for me to go buy them at Walmart. And so that's where that, that comes in where I have to weigh the traveling around and doing all of that um, to just trying to buy them. But in the midst of the pandemic, too, if you remember all the grocery stores and everybody were doing the, you know, the essentials. And so Tuesday mornings, I would go to try to buy movies and they didn't have them out yet because they were so focused on getting the food and the hand sanitizer and the paper towels and everything else right. stocked. They didn't have time to stock the movies. They were putting all their employees on the essential stuff. And so it'd be Wednesday or Thursday before I could get the new releases that we should have had on Tuesday. And so it was quite a crazy summer trying to get movies and and all of that in the, in the middle of that. Um, so we're still doing it. Um, we still do it every week um, between myself and Dan. Um, fortunately, I, again, 
talking about him. I couldn't do my job without Dan and Ryan, you know, Dan running the store and Ryan running the website and me running everything. If I didn't have them working with me, I could never do my job because they step up and help me all the time. So, I mean, it sounds, I mean, I, I wouldn't even know what to do. I mean, you guys have really been extraordinarily resourceful. Uh, now, do those guys, do they do, do you guys still do employee picks? I mean, are they involved in that? Do you guys, do you guys still do that? We do. And, and you know, I, I always love it because people come in and think that I'm the genius of the store, but, you know, it really is Dan because he loves putting those displays together. And, and with all of this, you know, with no movies coming out this last year on DVD, I mean, we had movies coming out, but there wasn't any of the big titles because the theater's closed. So nothing's coming out. He's gotten very creative with our back wall and our sections. I mean, I know he put up a big section of Oscar Academy Award winners from the last, you know, 50 years and he put this whole big section together and it looks wonderful. And, and he has an employee pick section. He put a Pokemon section together, which is just crazy. Now he's like telling me, you got to buy me more Pokemon movies. And so, I mean, he does a great job of putting that stuff together. In fact, I, I ordered candy the other day and was headed to, uh, it's not cash and carry anymore. I can't remember what it's called now, but our local little supplier that I go and buy candy from. And I didn't even see that he had moved candy onto an end cap with a bunch of movies to do a, a movie night bundle pack. And, and I'm like, holy cow, I didn't even see you had that stuff over there. So it's like, um, anyway, he does a great job with his displays. Wow. I mean, it's, I love that. I mean, that is the personal touch that I think I would really like as well. It sounds like he knows movies pretty well. Mm -hmm. Those are the th conversations you want to have. Uh, last question here. I mean, I've got to know because, because we're doing was... an in, an in-house promotion for an overnight stay in the blockbuster through Airbnb, which Airbnb, brilliant yep. idea. Uh, I hope. And pray that that's still going on because that has got to be a gigantic moneymaker. I think if I, if I understood it correctly, and there's no way that I could, it was 90, it was like a penny more to stay overnight. Um, is that true? Was that how it was going on? Yeah. So it was, it was, it was $4 to stay for the night and we did it for three nights and it was for the local community only. And we did it kind of as a, uh, um, first come, first serve, but it was a thank you for all the years of love and support that they'd given us. And it was an opportunity for someone to come in and stay in the store and get away from home for a day because of the pandemic. And, and we made sure it was safe. I mean, we closed the store during the time so that, you know, we made sure it had a couple hours. We had a cleaning crew that came in um, before and after each day and then um, operated on a very short time during the, during the day to make sure the store was, was very uh, safe and secure for everybody. Um, but, you know, we only did it for that weekend and people keep asking me to do it again. Um, but people forget that although you talked about us being a museum, we are a fully functioning blockbuster store. So we sell customers and they're renting every day. So to take a portion of the store and to turn it into, into that living room was pretty intensive and it took up a lot. And it was very difficult to sustain that long term and to have people in the store overnight with security purposes and all that kind of stuff. It really is not something that we continue to do. Um, and you have to, I mean, it, there's so much more into it than just letting people stay in the store. I mean, we had to get special permits from the city and, and all of those things. So it was definitely a lot more intensive than what people think that it is. But I wish that we were able to figure out a way to do it more often. Um, we just don't have the space. Well, I can give you one, one last parting piece of advice that is similar to all my other pieces of advice is I would charge more than a penny <laughs> to do it. <laughs> I mean, I going out on a limb, you know. Yeah, no. And if we were to do it long term, it absolutely would have been. That was for the local community. That was something that we wanted to do because, I mean, obviously we wouldn't, wouldn't be where we were without them. I mean, they were there supporting us far before the tourists were coming. So, um, 
we wanted to do something fun just for just for them. Uh, and look, that's all well and sweet, but at the end of the day, you guys have to survive. And given the tour support, I think you could easily charge a couple thousand dollars for a weekend stay and a blockbuster. You guys could live through the next decade just even renting out. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how you could do it, but. Um, I'm telling you, that is a gigantic moneymaker. Could be the savior of the store. I may have just saved Blockbuster through 2030. <laughs> You've heard it here first on Fascinating Nouns. Uh, well, I hope you incorporate some of that, uh, some of that advice. I'd love to see you guys survive, but you guys are doing very well on your own. Um, Sandy, thank you so much for doing this extra interview with me today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for, for thinking of it and uh, sticking to it and waiting for me to get on your program. I'm sorry I wasn't able to get on there sooner. <laughs> 